Welcome, y'all, to the Nuga Bell Show, a podcast all about stories of the South straight from the sources. I'm your host, Kate Robertson, the Southern food and lifestyle blogger behind athoughtandahalf.com, based in the scenic city of Chattanooga, Tennessee. The Nuga Bell Show is a place where people from all walks of life can share their stories of life in the South as they have lived, seen, and experienced it. So pour yourself a glass of sweet tea or a cup of coffee and enjoy this episode of the Nuga Bell Show. Hey y'all, welcome back to the Nuga Bell podcast. I am super, super happy to be here today with style icon, Instagram superstar, and my dear friend, Desiree Smith. Hello. (laughs) Yes, so it's not every day that you get to like be friends with an Instagram star. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I would call me a star, um, but thank you. I mean, I will accept it, but I'm... Yeah, thanks. Why not? Um, Yeah, so Desiree and I are very good friends here in Chattanooga, and she and I are blog soul sisters. So tell us a little bit about your blog and how everything got started. Yeah, so I was always just a huge reader of fashion blogs whenever I was uh, somewhat in high school, but like mostly in college. I was just reading a whole bunch of blogs like Bonnie Barton's blog or, you know, I just had like a list that I followed. I was just one day sort of like, oh man, I want to do this. I want to show off my outfits. I want to try to build a community like they are and just see where it takes me. Um, I was always looking for a creative outlet to like do things on anyway. It seemed like a good one. So yeah, I started blogging. I started like a really stupid, horrible blog called Pastels and Pirouettes first. Aww. And then like <laughs> rebranded or whatever later on. And uh, so yeah, that was that was mostly my main focus for a long time was the actual blog website portion. Mm-hmm. And what was that blog called? Tennessee Rose. It still is. And you can find it yeah. at TennesseeRoseBlog.com. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> that was the main, I mean, it started out with just like a regular point and shoot camera that I was taking photos on, uploading them, then eventually upgraded to like a DSLR one, like the tiniest Canon you can get. And I just now upgraded again, like five years later, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so I just started posting photos and trying to learn to edit photos. So if you look way back, they're like way over edited and like I think everyone went through that phase. <laughs> yeah. It's like a lot of like sepia tones yep. and like major vignettes. I was like, what's the vintage thing? Oh a huge vignette. Yeah. And you look back and I'm like, oh my god. And those super cheesy like solar flares. Yeah, and- oh for sure. Definitely I had like fake like sun flares and stuff. Oh I totally <laughs> remember that phase. <laughs> yeah, that was not my best moments, but Hey, yeah. we all learn. Yeah. And it's a process. It made for an awesome, like, I thought it was a killer Facebook profile photo <laughs> for a while. <laughs> Absolutely. So the blog has kind of shifted, and now you're all over Instagram? Yeah. So I blog still, but I've sort of shifted focus from the actual blog more towards um, my Instagram account that, you know, really started as just like a second portion of it. And that's mostly because I feel like people are, they're on social media, you know, so they're Mm -hmm. looking, they see a photo on social media, they see your outfit, and then they're sort of like, I don't get as good transfer rate over to the website anymore as I used to. I think people are just happy seeing my stories there and seeing my 
posts because, you know. Right. And a lot of your posts, they're written in a very specific style, which is awesome and unique to you, but you're also almost getting a little mini blog post with your Instagram stories. Yeah. I always feel like I'm inspired by movies and screenplays, and so I try to, like, adapt each of my posts to like that way and have a slug line as the mm-hmm. beginning of the caption and then follow up normally with just something I'm thinking at the time, like a real life type of deal. And so, yeah, that basically is my blog post, just a little bit shorter. And then I think, you know, people, if they can comment immediately, I don't usually comment back immediately. So I feel like they just like that experience maybe better mm-hmm. than the blog. Yeah, you are so good at commenting back. I'm terrible. Like, if I don't <laughs> respond to you within five minutes, it'll be, like, two weeks later. Oh, God, I'm yeah. so bad about it. <laughs> I put, like, a rule on myself now that I try to just respond quickly because I, I've made a ton of friends from Instagram, mm-hmm. and I found that a lot of it came through commenting with them, and they just you just kind of get to know each other that way, and so... If I forget, then I feel like it's sort of me doing like a same thing as not texting back for a while. <laughs> a little bit. Which I also am bad at, but same. whatever. <laughs> I know I have texts in my phone that are like a week old that I haven't responded to, so sorry. Yeah, I'm like three to five business days. Yep. <laughs> texting back. Business days is an important distinction. You not Amazon Prime my text message. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> if only. Yeah. Uh, so you had a little fashion line for a little bit too, didn't you? You've made a few dresses. Yeah, I did. That was what I thought I wanted to do with my life at one point was a fashion line. So I majored in entrepreneurship at UTC and then I did start it. I did get it going and it was really um, inspired by the same things I'm still inspired by today, which is just classic movies, a dreamy aesthetic, you know, vintage, Mm -hmm. but super girly, classic. And um, I got, I did make a dress for like a couple of girls who were in um, Miss Tennessee pageants. And oh, stuff. that's cool. Yeah. But actually, she actually, I got a, like a custom dress for her. It was the Tennessee balls, like checkerboard on the top Aww. and the orange tool at the bottom. That's so fitting for Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> but that was like uh, the majority of the ones I sold. So the thing kind of went under and I was gotcha. like, well, okay, but at least I tried. At least I know <laughs> what was going to happen. So, yeah, that's still super awesome. I mean, no regrets. Even no, I wiped out my savings account. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, I don't know anyone else who can say they've done that. So yeah, it was a good experience. I learned a lot, and then I also learned like my strengths and my weaknesses. And I learned that my strength was I didn't also enjoy the sewing as much as I thought I would. Right. I think I, I love clothes, and I just didn't realize that I didn't love making clothes <laughs> as much. And I really just love wearing the clothes and photographing <laughs> the clothes, showing people my clothes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's kind of also why I think I've just gravitated more towards the Instagram thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, maybe I'm just better at like putting an outfit together. I sew for myself still, but that's just like one-off shit stuff. Yeah, <laughs> here and there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so you have said several times that you're really inspired by like vintage and kind of older stuff. Where did that inspiration come from? Like what in your life 
made you gravitate towards the like vintage style in that era? So my mom would really let me and my sister watch a lot of Nickelodeon and uh, Cartoon Network as a kid. So I get zero of the SpongeBob meme references. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, I've since watched some cartoons just to see. Uh, I don't like Ren and Stimpy. Oh, God, no. It's awful. (laughs) Dexter's Laboratory, down with that. Um, Fairly Odd Parents also like it. But regardless, I wasn't allowed to watch those things when I was little. So I would always watch TV Land instead Mm. where it showed all the old 50s and 60s shows. That and the, like, TCN, like the Turner Classic Network. So I watched a ton of, like, classic movies, Green Acres, uh, Leave it to Beaver, like I Dream of Jeannie, all these old mm-hmm. shows. I always loved like little mini dresses and like all the all the 60s and 50s fashion. And I'm like, I don't know if maybe I just saw that and then thought that I was like, oh, that is the epitome of cute to me. Or that's what <laughs> people are wearing. And so I just always tried to imitate that. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up watching the Andy Griffith show. That oh, was, yeah. That was my dad's thing because both my parents are from very small towns in North Carolina, very much like the one portrayed in that show. So Andy Griffith was on TV a lot when I was growing up. Uh, yep. <laughs> I, mean, I can't whistle. So no, I can't either. I have to like suck in to whistle. Like, I'm not even like, going to try. <laughs> that's sucking in. That's not sustainable. So. No, <laughs> definitely not. Oh, but inspiration can be found anywhere. It can. That is awesome. (laughs) All right. Now we're going to play a game with the jar. If you've listened to the Nougabell podcast before, you know what the jar is. But it is my jar filled with questions, conversation topics, anything and everything. So we're going to draw a few. I like that sound it makes when you twist it off. It's very like, we are going to do the jar now. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I got a mason jar. Of course, yeah. First song you blast in your car with windows down on a nice day. Oh. My answer will come as no surprise to you. What? You go first. Ocean Avenue by Yellow No, Card. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have already known. Oh my god, the first song? <laughs> well, I mean, it changes a lot, but I, and also just kind of depending on my mood, you know, I like, sometimes I'm like sassy, so mm-hmm. I feel like I'm even though it's a sunny day. It's like, we're going to have a very serious track today. <laughs> we're going to be very serious, very in our field. Um, so, uh, it changes. It, right now, I really like This Is Why You Can't Have Nice Things by Taylor Swift. Nice. Or like, In the Summer, Greedy by Ariana Grande. It's mm-hmm. nice. It's like a summer. It feels like a good summer song to me. But then I also really like Kashi by Nick Waterhouse and Leon Bridges. Mm-hmm. That one is so... Like, if I put on a, like, little headscarf on, oh, and yeah. the top down, like, she can't be catchy. <laughs> like, oh, it's just, like, such a 60s song to be driving to. Oh, yeah. And, um, or Rihanna's Sex With Me is, like, really... That's a good one, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it just pumps you up or whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. You pick. I want the pink one. What is Chattanooga missing? I think Chattanooga is missing a good Chinese place downtown that's 24 hours. Because <laughs> <laughs> usually when I get home, it's like Shangri-La is open till like, what, 10 o'clock? Yeah. So if I'm out and I get home, it's just, I don't really know of any 24-hour Chinese places. That aren't downtown. And you live downtown, so. Yeah. 
also, I mean, I know we have Coyote Jacks now, but that's like, I want a place to dance. Mm-hmm. I mean, Allen Golds is always awesome, because I know it's just hard to get all the way out there. Yeah. So I feel like a dance place we're kind of missing. A dance place that isn't what we have. Yeah, another one. Yeah, a one. <laughs> a one that's like a little bit better. A second one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think something variety, I guess. Yeah, variety. That's a good yeah. one. That's a good variety. way to say it. I would say, and this is something I only recently realized, I wish Chattanooga had, like, botanical gardens. Ooh, that would be nice. Like, I lived in Pennsylvania for a little while, and there's Longwood Gardens outside of Philly, and it's beautiful, like, especially in the summer, everything's in bloom, and it's big. I've easily spent, like, whole days there. When I was up in college... With your student ID, it was like 15 bucks. Oh, it was so super cool. cheap. And I mean, there is stuff down in Atlanta and Nashville has a couple, but I don't always want to drive down to Atlanta or up to Nashville. Yeah. So I would love to see Chattanooga get like a botanical gardens type thing. Or if there's already one and I just don't know what it is, hit me up and tell me so I can <laughs> go. <laughs> Probably what I want the most is just for Chattanooga to be able to get the um, movie, like I wish they could be on the same level as movies when they're released to, like, select cities. Ah. I feel like it takes us sometimes a month later to get it. And I know Chattanooga itself can't control that, but I'm still just like, I want to see! <laughs> Twitter knows, and I don't know. And it kills me. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Let's see. I'm going to pick this little green one. My favorite place in Chattanooga to go clear my mind. Hmm. I like going to the walking bridge at sunrise and sunset. Sunrise depends on the season because if it's really cold, then I don't want to be out there. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I haven't been here yet, but I've had other people tell me it's a great place, but Sunset Rock up on Lookout. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I haven't been there because I don't outdoors often. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I have several friends who go up there and all the pictures I see just look absolutely gorgeous. And one day I'm going to get up and I'm going to take my hammock and I'm going to go up there just so I can say, I can check that off my Chattanooga bucket list. Yeah, Sunset Rock is next for me. I want to, I want to get up there. I tend to go to Waffle House (laughs) and eat comfort food and drink coffee and just watch other people. And that's sort of like, just kind of write some thoughts out there or whatever. Um, or the movies is a good distraction. Oh, yeah. A two-hour distraction. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know I'll be out for two hours, and that's that. Or go spend $500 at Target. <laughs> and then regret my life later and go to the next day and return it. Yeah. <laughs> so relatable. Yeah. Or the shower. Actually, the place I go the most is the shower, to clear my mind. It's the steam, and if you have stuff that smells really good, it opens you up. Yeah, and you put your music on, and you're like, podcast. I listen to like an hour-long podcast episode in the shower. I'm freaking here. Ketchup, and then I can usually get like 
they have lavender infused gin over there. Ooh. So I'm just sort of like in my element treating myself for pineapple whatever. ketchup. You wouldn't, yeah, you would be surprised how good it is. I would have never thought to combine the two, but I would lick the saucer clean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to remember that because I love pineapple. I'm not too big on ketchup, but I'm intrigued. Yeah, it's really good. And their french fries as a whole are good. Hmm. And that's at Matilda Midnight, you said? Yeah. Interesting. So I'll good. have to remember that. <laughs> Tell us a little bit more about the Dwell Hotel. I feel like that's kind of a hidden gem in Chattanooga if you're not a tourist. Yeah. I mean, I'm obsessed with it because the entire thing is mid-century modern it's like all vintage furniture um it looks like straight out of mad men i guess i've stayed there three times now the palm springs room the flamingo room and the pink lady and the <laughs> palm springs room is my favorite it's like really huge and it, it does look like it's like really slim errands inspired oh okay and yeah i love it i just love that place i just love being there it feels like i'm on a movie set it feels like i'm not home when I'm there. Mm-hmm. If I could be like Coco Chanel and live in like oh the my hotel, gosh. I would totally live in the Dwell Hotel. Oh, absolutely. Did you hear that? Because <laughs> I will live there if you would let me. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, one more each. I'm going to get down here in the bottom. The one Southern food I just can't eat. Fried okra. Or like okra in general, but I'm a notoriously picky eater. I have been since birth, basically. And I remember growing up, my parents would try to like feed me things to break my pickiness. And I can't remember what restaurant we were at, but my dad got fried okra and he gave me a piece and was like, you should try that. And I was like, what is it? He goes, it's okra. And I was like, that sounds funny. I don't know if I want to eat it. (laughs) And he was like, oh, come on. I think they bribed me with like, we'll buy you dessert or something. And I have an insatiable sweet tooth. So I was like, all right, sure, I can do it. And I took a bite of it. And I was like, oh, no, mm -mm, no. (laughs) And to this day, I mean, I have other foods that I just can't tolerate. But I think the one like Southern thing I can't do is okra and collard greens. I don't like cooked <laughs> greens at all. Oh. It's a texture thing. That's so interesting. <laughs> I love a great grilled or fried. I mean, collard greens, they're not my favorite. I'm not just like at home making them, but <laughs> if you drown them in vinegar, I think that's pretty delicious. Hmm. Maybe that's <laughs> what I'm missing. I really like vinegar and I love vinegar. Oh, uh, okay. Like a lot. <laughs> Have you been over to Olive over on right off Fraser on that side street? No, I've only seen it, but I've always just been like, what is it? Can you walk in there? Yeah, uh, so they've got artisan olive oils and a bunch of different flavors of balsamic vinegars. Oh, yeah. So, I yeah, I just got a blackberry balsamic vinegar what? there. They have a champagne balsamic oh my vinegar. God. I had no idea balsamic vinegar came in flavors like that. Yeah, they've got uh, like a bourbon one. They've got a fig and a peach. Oh you God. really need oh to my stop God. in. Peach would be so good. You can really taste the difference. Mm-hmm. Man, and I love community pies drinking vinegars. Mm-hmm. Those, and then you can get a shot of gin in it. Ooh, like, yummy! I bet that's <laughs> really good. Yeah, it's so good. Oh, I might have to try that. That, ooh, that would be good, like, when the weather's all nice and they have the patio open. Over here, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you've just given me so many ideas. <laughs> all right, so what's the one Southern food you just cannot stomach? Um, I am not a fan of black-eyed peas. Is I that can't, not a Southern? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Mm-hmm. I can't do those either. 
I just don't get it. <laughs> like <laughs> Some when I eat them, yeah. like, it's not that I hate them even or can't physically eat them. Mm-hmm. It's just when I do eat them, I feel like there's no real flavor, so I would just rather not. Yeah. There's I would just get two helpings of mac and cheese. Yep. Very much. <laughs> it, there's just not enough ROI on black eyed peas. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and there's really not. <laughs> no, definitely not. And that's like the super traditional, like Southern New Year's Day meal is pork, greens, and black eyed peas. And that's yeah. two things I don't like on one plate. And I'm not rich, so. <laughs> that too. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, pick one more. I think we should go pink again. Des loves pink, if you can't tell. <laughs> oh, <laughs> discuss sugar and grits. Um, I mean, I'm 100% pro sugar and grits. I freaking load the butter, pour on the sugar. <laughs> I love it. I love sugar and grits. I mean, I also do love cheese grits. But oh, grits, cheese grits. Like, I mean, I love sugar, though. Yeah. <laughs> I Sugar and grits is one thing that I've never tried. Just because I always had them growing up made with, like, milk and cheese. Yeah. So I think I only ever heard about sugar and grits, like, a few years ago. (laughs) I don't know how I never heard of that until, like, three or four years ago. But I was just like, really? Yeah. What what kind of flavor does it give it, aside from sweet? Um, (laughs) It tastes literally like pure sugar and melted butter. Interesting. So, Sounds really decadent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it probably tastes like simple syrup. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, just like, it's just really sweet grits. The grits don't have much taste themselves, you know? Right, because they're cornmeal. Yeah. I'm, I think you may have convinced me. I'm going to have to try this. Okay. Try it tomorrow if you want to bring them in. <laughs> you should try them now. That would be fun. Oh, I wish. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to try those, and I will report back to you. Yeah. And maybe I'll report on the next episode and let y'all know how I liked sugar and grits. <laughs> All right, so that has wrapped up this edition of The Jar. If you have a question or topic you would like for us to discuss or answer, leave it in a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Or just tweet it at me, at Kate3Robertson, and I will add it to the jar. Oh, you kill Twitter. You're always tweeting. So, a couple weeks ago, I was really bad and went through a Twitter dry spell where I didn't tweet for like four days. And Twitter literally sent me a notification that was like, hey, you haven't tweeted in four days. Here's what you missed. And I was like, oh, God. (laughs) Jeez. That's a little creepy. I was like, uh, Twitter, I think we need to talk. (laughs) Wow. We really need to break up. You're way too thirsty. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, my gosh. All right. So we are going to go back and let's talk some more about style. So you talked about your inspiration and being all like vintage and old fashioned and everything. So... How did you find your personal style based on that inspiration? Yeah. I mean, I always just looked for those sort of like short mini dress silhouettes, like 60 silhouettes. I always loved Peter Pan collars. I thought they looked mm-hmm. girly and whimsical. And I also really loved like just 50s. I was even in high school and stuff doing head scarves and, you know, high-waisted jeans and stuff. So, I mean, it started out being just like a random mishmash of Anything that I thought kind of resembled that. Probably mm-hmm. half of it didn't even look that way. It was just like, oh yeah, this feels very Lauren Bacall to me. And meanwhile, everyone else was just like, what the hell is that 14-year-old wearing? It was like palazzo pants and something. Like, not probably not correct at all. But, um, <laughs> I mean, ultimately, I think just over the years, I like 
you know, just figured out how to do it and tipped to not look costumey. Though apparently I do still look costumey because I get asked all the time, like, oh, what Beasties event are you going to? Is there a sock <laughs> pop happening I didn't know about? Why are you dressed like a, you know, all of this? And I'm just like, uh, okay. <laughs> Maybe I haven't actually nailed it. Or at the same time, I'm like, I just don't really care at all if I look like I'm in a costume now. I don't know. I think I look cute. Oh, you totally do. <laughs> and I guess that's all I really care about. Right. I mean, if it makes really? you happy, then, like, who cares what everyone else thinks, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I wish I could pull off high-waisted shorts or high-waisted jeans because I feel like they're super comfortable. But every time I try them on, I just, like, I don't know if I'm not getting the right fit or the right brand or what. But it's the one thing that I wish I could pull off and I just can't. I shop at Unique Vintage a lot. Maybe you could, they have like high-waisted leggings. Maybe you could start with leggings. I love leggings that are high-waisted anyways because they're just, I don't know, feel so much more comfortable because mm-hmm. like I'm not having to worry about where the band is after I've eaten or something. Oh my gosh. <laughs> maternity pants pretty much the entire time. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so what kind of tips and advice would you have for younger women or even like anyone in general who maybe they're kind of struggling to find their style? First of all, I would just think about wherever you look at somebody or you see a celebrity on the internet or you're on Pinterest scrolling through or what your favorite characters on shows are wearing and you're like, ooh, I like that, ooh, I like that. Or kind of like you just said, oh, I wish I could pull this off. Just try it because I feel like a lot of people are afraid to just try it and see because they automatically dismiss that they can't do something because they've never done it before or they're mm-hmm. afraid people will think you're, they will notice that you're doing something different and wonder why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. People just get really insecure about things like that. Just do it because <laughs> of all the risks you could take trying an article of clothing on is a really minimal one and it could just be also really worthwhile. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. It's a very low risk risk to take. It's like, just do it. You might be so much happier that you do, You might fall in love with it and just freaking goodwill your entire current closet. And then, yeah. <laughs> I did that a few weeks ago. I cleaned out like four bags of clothes and took them to Goodwill because I'm trying the whole capsule wardrobe thing. Oh, yeah. I'm not super strict about it, but I really did it as a way to like force myself to clean out my closet and really assess my style and like what I really wanted to be wearing and what I feel comfortable in. And I cleaned out, like I said, four bags of clothes and two of those bags were things I hadn't worn in at least a year and a half. And it's amazing how much of a difference that makes. I mean, that's, it's always a really refreshing feeling whenever I do clean out my closet. I'm really bad about it because when I do try to, I'll find that one thing and I'm like, no, what if I need to wear this on this specific day for this specific reason? And then it's like, that's never going to happen. But then as soon as I throw it away, I'm like, oh, yep, now there's a freaking print in town and I could have worn that stupid ball gown that I got on eBay and now I should have never thrown it away. Uh, so I'm really bad at throwing things away. That was my struggle too. too. I had like two or three sweaters that like I knew I hadn't worn them in so long, but I was just like, oh, but you'd be so nice for like if I ever go to church again and like <laughs> yeah. stuff like that that I'm You're just like, like, oh man, if I take that midnight stroll on a 68 <laughs> degrees night, it'd be yeah. so nice to wear you there. Yeah. And I'm like, maybe I'll wear this to church next time I'm at home with my parents. Then I'm just like, It'll be out of season by then. It'll be like two years old. <laughs> you don't really need it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's one one thing that I've been kind of trying to do that's for good. myself. I need to do that, actually. It's been good. I try to do a big closet purge like twice a year, usually like right before spring and summer and then like fall, winter. And that usually helps. But 
of course there are things that are missed and then you get to four years later and you're like oh wow I still have you yep (laughs) uh so do you have a favorite dress or outfit that you like to put in rotation oh a favorite yeah I do have a favorite it's a sundress that I bought from this girl on Instagram like gray dog boutique and I Mm -hmm. bought it like four years ago and it's this um, sundress it's like tent style and it's homemade from the 60s and I just feel like it's so breezy (laughs) when I wear it in the summer it's just so freaking easy it looks like cute but also can wear it to nearly any restaurant like I'm getting away with it I don't know I love I wear that thing I wear that thing until it stinks and then (laughs) hand wash it (laughs) yeah but I mean if you're wearing it all the time you're getting good use out of it so yeah, I love it. 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 was like 30 bucks. Oh, know, wow. Those things where I'm like, that was a good investment. Yeah. <laughs> um. So if you don't order uh, online, where in Chattanooga do you shop for some of your clothes? I mean, I do like a lot of mine online or through this app called Shop World. Oh, okay. But uh, in town, I do go to Collective Clothing. I found one of my favorite shirts is from Collective Clothing as a cute 60s collar. And it, it looked like it was straight out of the 60s, never worn. The oh, wow. Is. Anyway, so I go to Collective Clothing. I mean, I will go to Goodwill and look, but I don't always have the best luck. I don't go enough to, make right. it, to like find the good stuff usually. Might be about it. I mean, I will go to Hamilton Place and shop in Forever 21. Carry <laughs> that yellow bag around the mall with no shame. So <laughs> I will do that. Why not, though? Yeah, I mean, as cheap as the clothes are, some of them are really great just to style with stuff. Yeah, and if you need something, you know, that's like a one-time thing or something that you know you're not going to wear but once or twice, then it's not a bad place to go look. And I do have dresses that have literally lasted years from there, and I still these shoes, I told you that these, Kate has, I love, I wear these red shoes that Kate compliments me on all the time, and I've had them for literally five, like, no, three years, probably three years for, what, a $20 pair of shoes? That's you can't beat that. No, my gosh, I have to get new boots every year. Yeah, I'm gonna get these resold whenever I need to. Like, I love them. <laughs> oh, yeah, you've worn them in enough. They're, They're great. Why would you get rid of them just because the soles worn out, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so the last thing I wanted to talk about, let, we haven't devoted nearly enough time to Instagram. Yeah. So let's talk about that. How did you, I say Instagram star, how did you become an Instagram star? <laughs> I had a personal account, and then I started this other account that was supposed to be for the blog, you know, just an extension of the blog, and then as we know, it turned into just being Instagram. (laughs) But basically, I would take my photos from my blog, put them on Instagram, and let that be. But then over time, I was like finding my own aesthetic on Instagram, figuring out, okay, so I want people to look at my page and know what I'm about. I want to have a curated colored aesthetic the best I can. Sometimes it's awesome for creativity, sometimes it's really bad for creativity. (laughs) But, so I I wanted to go with something that gave off an old Hollywood or vintage feel. And my aesthetic is, the colors have changed throughout time. You know, Mm -hmm. it's hard to stick with one thing for forever, forever. Right. And um, they always just come back to looking vintage. Mm -hmm. And And now you've got this really cool, like, pink and black and white thing going. Oh, yeah, that's my, yeah. I feel like (laughs) that one looks so 
old Hollywood. To me, it's really Marilyn Monroe. I don't oh, know. yeah. I have no idea why. She's, I have no idea if she likes pink or black <laughs> or white. But black and white to me is just retro, and I personally love pink, and mm-hmm. I feel like together they give off such a nice vibe. It's a great balance. Yeah. They complement each other so well. <laughs> so, yeah, I was doing that, and then I was also like, I just wanted to look at the order of and the styling and the photography and photography, sorry, <laughs> in general about like, okay, so when I'm doing these photos, it shouldn't just be ripping it straight from my blog. It should be like, oh, what actually fits on here? What's actually looks good on Instagram? And mm-hmm. um, how can I get creative doing this? And then, you know, as it continued to evolve into, oh, I officially want these to look like movie scenes. Okay, so now it's like, how can I set up my camera. I take all my photos myself normally mm-hmm. with a tripod and self-timer remote. So I can pretty much direct the scene. The mm-hmm. scene You're your own creative director. Yeah. <laughs> and um, set it up and I try to think of like what's the most cinematic look that I can achieve or maybe basing it off of just like vintage movie scenes, mm-hmm. vintage other vintage photos I've seen. You did a really cool one at Halloween, I think. That was the scene from the Black Lagoon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah the creature with, from the Black That's Lagoon. it, yeah. Yeah, that one uh, had my friend Josh help me recreate. <laughs> I got that, that mask. It was like a child's Halloween mask at Target. And I was like, guess what? We're going to do this weekend. And he's like, <laughs> what? I'm like, I want you to be the creature from Black Lagoon. <laughs> And then, so I literally went to Walmart and bought him green sweatpants and a green uh, shirt and made him pretend to have claws while I bought this, like, Esther Williams, mm-hmm. like, super vintage bathing suit that really mimics the one she uh, that was worn in the movie. Yep. Did your hair and everything. Yeah. I, I was so much fun, like, recreating that. And then, of course, I turned it freaking black and white, so it didn't <laughs> matter if I bought those green sweatpants or anything, but it was, that was so fun. And also, it was, like... <laughs> 30 degrees that yep. day, and I was just like, and it also rained, I was laying in mud, <laughs> it was interesting, it was fun though, by the, I, by the end I was numb, but I was also like, yay, these are going to be so cute. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do it for the gram, right? Yeah, so yeah, that's what I'm talking about, are those kinds of things to where I'm like, this would totally make a cool blog post, but even more than that, it's like creating those little scenes for Instagram, because mm-hmm well yeah (laughs) and you really do like tell a story you've created this character that like narrates a lot of your Instagram and that's super cool too yeah a lot of time in the slug line and stuff I I mean obviously a lot of the photos are of me or of my hands or I'm in them because I don't have models I always like refer to her as she or Mm -hmm. her I'm not like oh me I am out here doing this (laughs) because it's usually just scenarios that I'm not going to be able to get into here on my current paycheck and right <laughs> yeah a lot of times I'm pretending I'm like in Paris and stuff so yeah <laughs> so yeah I do do that character type of deal oh yeah I, it's, it's so cool though a thing that I think comes up a lot in society is like for Instagram influencers the balance of like doing it for the gram but also being authentic and like there's a lot of conversation around like mental health and social media and like expectation versus reality and how do you maintain that balance or what advice do you have for other people who are trying to grow the gram? So it's probably going to be like a two-part answer. That's okay. For me. It was like a four-part question. <laughs> about keeping it real. 
Yeah, Instagram has seemingly gotten really curated where it's hard to tell, sort of. It does seem like so many photos are staged. I mean, obviously, a lot of my photos, I take a lot of time to stage Mm -hmm. them. There's a lot of things that I post that I'm not doing day-to-day, but I do think people know that because uh, just a lot of my things are so Mm -hmm. whimsical and out there. Like, of course, I'm not robbing a bank in my... (laughs) Right, riding off in a convertible Cadillac. Right. <laughs> but also, I think stories have helped us be more authentic because mm-hmm. you get a really a behind-the-scenes look of... So, you know, even when you see girls in their cute outfits and they're just in the middle of the city and you're thinking, like, oh, my God, look how gorgeous she looks that day. And I wish I looked like her on a daily basis like that. But really, it probably did take her all morning to get ready. And she probably took 500 photos. I will take over 100 sometimes before I get two that mm-hmm. I like. So she probably took a million, too, and it, so you just can't, you know, it, it is just hard to, like, compare, see that one photo and be like, this is it, this is life, and everything I do needs to compare against it. For me, keeping it authentic is I truly do love vintage and retro mm-hmm. things, and I truly love telling stories. So as long as I'm doing that, mm-hmm. I feel good about it, and I do try to post and I try to, try to add my own sense of humor to my captions. While also still being like on brand, I try to do things like if I'm going to see a movie that night, I like to sort of post about it at a similar time frame. I mean, I know for some people it can be really dangerous to be like, you know, a huge influencer, not me. I don't have this problem, but some do where they're like, I'm going to go see this movie tonight. And then they can have weird people showing up. Oh, yeah. So they'll post later. But I like to just kind of on the same night, maybe not while I'm at the movie theater, but be like oh, I saw this tonight, mm-hmm. and it feels like, okay, this is what I'm really doing. I'm not making up elaborate like, right. false things that people would actually believe. And I don't know that anyone is doing that either, but... In this day and age, you have to be careful. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people... None of the people I personally know are, but you just never know mm-hmm. what's going into a lot of other people's. I started with, like, 500 followers, and I built that. And then Instagram noticed my account, and I got featured, and so I got a lot of followers really fast. So that is sort of what like bumped me up to this Instagram level. And since then, I have also, I got really used to seeing this certain numbers, these mm-hmm. likes. Now, I do get upset. It sounds <laughs> silly, but I do get like uh, anxiety sometimes when they're not growing as much as I want still. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm not, my engagement isn't doing as well as I wanted, which currently it's honestly not. And it does bum me out a lot, but I'm also trying to remember not to connect those virtual likes to my self-worth mm-hmm. and not let that be my only source of validation, <laughs> which is sometimes hard because I put so much of my heart and passion into mm-hmm. creating these photos, but then it just goes, there's a whole lot you have to consider in these things is I work a full-time job. I do it all on my own, the mm-hmm. photography, this, that. The algorithm, it's you you do have to find a way to really work it a lot of times as mm-hmm. far as making sure you got a good amount of likes in a row because if one photo kind of fails, then you're kind of pushed under. Yep. And so it, it I've noticed that on my feed too. Yeah. You got to have a lot of time to, you got to make sure you're engaging. It just, there's so many variables that go into something doing well. And honestly, some of it's so unexplainable as to why a photo won't do well mm-hmm. or why you'll go through a phase of things going down, but then a phase of things going up. We don't even know what Instagram's changing or not changing. And while sometimes it might be a reflection of what you posted, a lot of times it's not. A lot of people are putting out amazing content mm-hmm. that's not getting seen by us. I'll see a photo, it'll say like five days ago, that I'm like, oh, this was brilliant. I wish I'd seen this on right? so feed. Yeah, 
That's my biggest struggle <laughs> with Instagram right now is like I see pictures in my or post or videos or whatever in my feed that are like three to five days old and I like it and it's, you know, three to five days later. And then I think, well, how many people are seeing my photos three, five days a week later? Yeah. And it, there's really just no explanation to it either, mm-hmm. you know, but I just try to remember that like there's just so much going on with it as long as I'm creating the content that I want to create having fun with it and like hopefully maybe inspiring other people to there's other people out there that like it regardless of whether they've seen it or not there's so many variables to it that I try not to and I mean I won't lie it sent me into like anxiety attacks before I know it's like sad to say but when you get really involved it's Mm -hmm. like it can be sad to watch it fail while you watch other people do really well oh I totally feel I've had those about my blog several times like completely transparent like I feel you I know exactly what you're talking about and I'm sure there are plenty of other people who are going to hear this and say like oh someone gets me (laughs) (laughs) because you wonder like is it me am I not good enough do I not have what it takes do people not like what I'm putting out am I seeing everything through some sort of blind that no one Mm -hmm. else is I'm seeing mine in a different light and that's a dangerous spiral to go down (laughs) yeah it really is because it's like no you're not bad and even if you are that doesn't mean you should stop maybe you'll just get better and Mm -hmm. and it's hard when you see other people doing well and you just want to be that you want to have that success and not even just to have that success but to prove to yourself that the things that you're doing are valid and I think it's just sort of remembering that, like, again, those likes are not going to tell you that. Like, right. can't always base it onto that. So it's hard. But yeah. Just try to find satisfaction in the work you're doing for yourself. And, yeah, I do follow tactic- tactics to try and improve my growth and improve my engagement. And I've gotten so mad at myself before when I slip up on them. But I slip up on them a lot because it's hard. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it's like, yeah, do those things. Push yourself to grow. But don't put your whole life and mind into only that. And I'm telling myself this. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, no, I totally get it. And that's so great to hear. And I hope that there's at least someone out there listening who will hear this and say like, oh, Desiree, you're changing my life. <laughs> yeah, hopefully I didn't just weird everybody out and be like, what the hell is she talking about? No, there will She's be people chill. out there. No, I mean, I understand. <laughs> yeah. I feel ya. All right, we're going to wrap this up here. This has been so much fun. Um, where can people find you on the internet so they can follow you and see all your lovely fashion? <laughs> Instagram at Desiree.Danielle, D-E-S-I-R-A-E dot D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E or TennesseeRoseBlog.com. Awesome. And I will throw those into the show notes as well. Thank you, Des. This has been wonderful. Thanks. Thanks for letting me do it. Oh, of course. (laughs) This has been the Nougat Bell Podcast. Thanks, y'all, for listening and stay tuned for the next one.